Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. The Michigan football team enters Big Ten play 3-0 after another impressive victory, this one over Northern Illinois. We discuss the important takeaways from that game and what they mean moving forward, coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, I don't know how much we're going to talk about this actual game in this post-game podcast because the bigger picture stuff is more interesting to me. Michigan won this game against Northern Illinois on Saturday, 63-10. to 10. It was 7-3 to three at one point, Michigan, before they, you know, pulled away, to say the least, from the Huskies. 63 to 10, 606 yards of total offense. How many touchdowns on their first nine drives? Who wants to throw in another wacky fun stat from this one? I don't know what five guys, uh, six quarterbacks played. I feel like three different running backs had at least two touchdowns. I don't know. Come on. What was strange to me, I think they, Michigan on defense, though, they only had like three tackles for loss. Yeah, three tackles for loss, though, which is kind of surprising because. Northern Illinois' defense or offense didn't do much either, but that was yeah. the one random set that I found. But they finally got an interception. Hey, how about that? Yep. Called it. <laughs> I mean, it was, I think I wrote total domination on both sides of the ball. Like, right. you could have, like, tuned out at halftime and not missed anything. I mean, that's how big of a blowout it was. And, I mean, we I think we all saw this coming. Maybe not to this degree. Right. But, I mean, it's it's a good motivator, good moving forward. I think it's, it's good for Michigan's, you know, like he heading into a beefier schedule. I don't think Vegas saw it coming because they set the line at what 27 and a half and final score was 53, 53 points difference there. But oof. yeah, it's interesting. It's one of those where you almost hurt yourself by winning by so much because it's then it seems like ah, Northern Illinois is terrible. I mean, even with Washington, it's like ah, they just stink. <laughs> where you know, if it was closer, then you would just give a little more respect to the opponent in a weird way. I feel like that happens more with like high profile matchups, but. Either way, it's no surprise that the, you know, kind of the computer polls, ESPN's, you know, football power index now really likes Michigan because they've got three, you know, very convincing wins where on a kind of per play basis and a a total yardage and and a margin of victory, they've just been dominant. I mean, it's pretty unbelievable. They played three games. It's half as many as they played all of last season. They've got way more rushing yards already, like 300 more. They're giving up like 140 yards, uh, fewer yards per game so far. Granted, it's three non-conference games. Last year, every game was a conference game. But still, I mean, the it's drastic, the changes, you know, on, on kind of both sides of the ball, but especially, you know, defensively from last year. Yeah, I mean, they're outscoring their opponents 47 to 11. I mean, none of these games really have been close when you get down to it and the statistics and, and everything else. I mean, they they've... You know, we've talked about this. They've identified their strengths in offense. They're playing to them. We saw it again Saturday against Northern Illinois. Yes, they threw the ball a little bit more, which I think was what the fan base wanted to see. But at the end of the day, they leaned on the running game. They rushed for 350 yards or whatever it was, another 300-yard rushing game. Defensively, they had, I think, one bad drive, I guess you could say it, and I thought they adjusted well after that. But, yeah, they're really humming up both sides of the ball. I, I, I just – we're three games in, and I don't know what to make of this team. And I, I don't know if we will, you know – for another couple of weeks, you know, their, their schedule, we thought at least a non-conference schedule was, you know, competitive Western Michigan, we think is gonna be, you know, a decent Mac team. Washington was bigger to be a good Pac-12 team. And we'll see three impressive performances. So I, I don't think Michigan deserves any, any discounts there, but you know, time is really going to, is, you know, things are really going to 
you know, things are going to heat up and things are going to get more important here in a couple of weeks, especially with that Wisconsin game. Is anyone else surprised that uh, that Georgia, I mean, how does Georgia Tech go and lose to Northern Illinois and then almost send the game into overtime against Clemson this week? <laughs> what a weird start to the college football season. Northern, if you go back and look at Northern Illinois' first few games, they did a really good job running the ball. And, and I think you saw that for a couple drives on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Michigan was able to stuff them and, and shut them down. So I, th- I think, you know, Northern Illinois was pretty productive and efficient, you know, on both sides, you know, throwing the ball and, and passing the ball. Uh, Michigan really shut down Rocky Lombardi. He didn't. He couldn't do much on Saturday. Uh, you mentioned they didn't get a ton of pressure on him, but I mean there weren't many receivers open either. So I think right. wise, I thought it was Michigan's probably one more. You know, I think better games. You know, Rocky Lombardi more than most would be able to speak to you know Michigan's defense year to year because he faced them last year and he, and he lit them up and he was pretty blunt and and uh, insightful about you know Michigan playing softer now and disguising their coverages better and it's a little more confusing and. Uh, they just play their base defense really well. Like the other thing from this game, because we talked about it a lot going in, how often would Michigan pass? How successful would they be? You know, in the end, uh, Cade McNamara, eight for 11 for 191 yards total. With, he and JJ McCarthy combined 12 of 17, 233, one touchdown, no interceptions, which is key. You know, four passes of, of 15 yards or more, plus another one that drew a, a pass interference call. And, Kind of a fishy call, but but it did. And you know, the I think the third longest like pass play from you know in program history, uh, the 87 yard touchdown to Cornelius Johnson. So they took some shots down the field. Like this wasn't a they could have handed it off almost every single time and still won this game, but but they threw the ball a little bit, took some shots. Yeah, they they appeased the masses, I guess you could say, because you know, I I felt like the storyline coming out of the game against Washington last week was why didn't they throw the ball enough? They're, do they do they have a passing game? They did a little bit on Saturday. I think they did it enough to whet folks' appetite. Like you, because you came away with that game saying, "Okay, they can't throw the ball down the field. They can get hit those explosive plays without Ronnie Bell." They didn't do it a ton again. I mean, at the end of the day, they only attempted seventeen passes, right? uh, And they still ran the ball forty-eight times. So clearly, it was still you know focused on the ground. I think it will continue to be until someone finds a recipe to stop that. And I do think it's coming at some point, but I think this slow build of the passing game is probably the right way to go when you've got a quarterback who, you know, still hasn't, I mean, he's only hit play started a handful of games at the college level and you still got some receivers. You're still trying to figure out what you have in. I thought Dylan Baldwin showed some nice things on Saturday. They tried to get him involved early. He did drop that long ball that, that Northern Illinois yep. was flagged for. He still, I think should have caught it, but you know they they show that Kate can throw the ball down the field, and, and as I said last week, we've seen them do it before. It's not like he hasn't done it. They've got to, but they've got to haul in those passes and, and connect. You know, Kate did miss on that first one; it was a little little long. I think we had the argument in the pre, or the debate in the press box to whether Cornelius Johnson should have, you know, whether he held up or not. But I mean, they did enough. It did touch his fingertip. I mean, it touched his hand. Like he, he had a chance. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think they did enough. I think you probably see a little bit more against Rutgers, uh, but I still, I mean, I wouldn't expect Michigan anytime soon to come out throwing the ball a ton, uh, like maybe some folks want to see. Okay, so yeah, the bigger thing then is, you know, you're talking about uh, when will they have to throw the ball? Like, wh- when will they? Will they have to next Saturday when Rutgers comes? You know, like, w- when will they need to do more to win? I, I think the big circle at least on my calendar, is October 2nd against Wisconsin. I, I think that game is going to tell us a lot about this Michigan football program and the barometer and kind of tell us where it's really at. Because we've gone through this before. I mean, they started 3-0 in 2017. 
Yes, Wilton Spade down went down with injury. They started four zero, and and it, it the bottom fell out. So we don't really know what type of team we have here. We think they're very good. I mean, they've been very proficient on the ground as we've seen. They're clobbering their opponents. They'll probably win against Rutgers by double digits against Saturday. But then you know the the tests are going to start to return. I mean, we thought Washington would be a test. They hammered them. I don't know if Washington is as good as we thought. But again, Wisconsin is a place, I keep stressing this, a, a place Michigan hasn't won in a long time. They haven't, I don't think they've won under, under Jim Harbaugh. It's always difficult for them to play against Wisconsin. Wisconsin hammered them last year. And so if they can come out of that game and show that they can be balanced and handle a, de- a legitimate big defense, you know, I think I'll, I'll feel a lot better. I feel a lot better about proclaiming this Michigan football program as a legitimate Big Ten contender. I just realized too that Wisconsin plays Notre Dame this week. So I mean, yeah. how much do I, how much do you guys buy into the fact that I mean, a, a previous game can kind of be a drain drain a certain team heading into a, a week later? Do you think that will be enough time to recover for a, a, what should be a, a pretty good matchup here heading into the Michigan Wisconsin game? They better be able to. I mean, it's in the Big Ten, like that's what you're facing. Yeah, so yeah, right. I mean, but but I, I know what you mean. It's big games that you know it's in Chicago, it's Soldier Field. Like, yeah, it's, it's a big one, but the Michigan game is more important for them as far as you know Big Ten standings and things like that. That's yeah, true. you look at the other way too. Like if they play well against Notre Dame, it's like a confidence builder going into Big Ten play. You know, the fact that and the game Saturday, right? There's no like abnormal day, right? You know, so they're mm-hmm. still going to get the typical, you know, week to prepare schedule remains the same. I don't see it making, making much of a difference unless, you know, they have some serious, they sustain some serious injury or something or a quarterback goes down or a big player, but I don't think it matters. I don't think Notre Dame team is as good as some of us think it's a game. Wisconsin probably could and should win, but you know, if they do win, it, I think it sets up, you know, that Michigan game a week later to be even, even a, you know, a, a bigger mm-hmm. deal. Both teams will probably be ranked inside the top 15 Everyone will be, you know, proclaiming that potentially these two teams could claim for or play for the Big Ten title. So I think it would set up nicely for kind of the build up to the game. One more Badger quarterback, Jack Cohn, now the quarterback for Notre Dame. So that that'll be fun to watch. So I mean, let's just look at the Big Ten East, though. Like the six other teams, I mean, two teams are probably, you know, about what we thought they were so far. You know, Rutgers and I'll say Maryland. You know, they're both both undefeated, and that's fine. We kind of nothing too unexpected there, given their schedules. You know, Penn State and and Michigan State, especially, maybe a little better than we thought. I mean, Penn State going to Wisconsin, winning, you know, just beating a ranked Auburn team. Uh, I'll give them a a little bit, you know, more respect than we were before the season. But two teams definitely worse than we we thought. And we, I'm speaking for the three of us and nationally, and they were two teams that were expected to contend for a Big Ten title, including the overwhelming favorite, that's Indiana and Ohio State. So overall, it's a net. You know, I know I had two, two, and two, but it's a net gain for Michigan, I think. As you look at the schedule, suddenly Wisconsin, a, a sure, not a sure loss, but we counted as a loss at Penn State as a loss, Ohio State as a loss, Indiana toss up, Nebraska, even. I, I remember, at least I'll say it, I was talking about that as a, a tricky game. I mean, all of them look better from Michigan's perspective than they did before the season. Yeah, I was in that boat. I thought Indiana would would contend to be probably number two in the Big Ten East. Now they're looking like, you know, four or five. You know, Penn State was that team. I I didn't know what to think. I, I thought, you know, they would be competitive again. I thought maybe they could be very good. Um, but we didn't really, you know, it, it was, they were a team very similar to Michigan last year. They struggled out of the gate, had issues with turnovers. You didn't know what you're going to get week to week. 
Um, they finished the season strong, and they, yep. they've kind of carried that over. I think at this point, they're probably the biggest threat to Ohio State in the Big Ten East, perhaps in the Big Ten title race, not discounting, you know, Iowa on, on the West. But, you know, things have, have opened up for Michigan a little bit. You know, you you mentioned that, like you said, the Indiana game goes from toss to probably a winnable game, especially with it being in Ann Arbor. You know, but at the flip side, I think that road game at Michigan State on October 30th is certainly a, a toss-up, given how, the start we've seen from the Spartans. I think they've probably been the biggest surprise of anyone in the East, in my opinion. It's hard to say. I, I'm really curious to see how Michigan handles going on the road, because by the end of next week, assuming they be a Rutgers at home, they go to 4-0, they still haven't played a road game. And we don't know what type of team is going to show up on the road, because it's a as we've seen in the past, it's a very difficult task to win on the road in the Big Ten, especially against the top-tier team. So, you know, the, the path is there for Michigan if they can keep going. And I think it's a very real possibility that they could could contend. But, you know, I'm ready to, I, pumping the brakes right now because I'm waiting to see what happens in two weeks against against Wisconsin. Is it bad that I kind of think Michigan might have a better shot at beating Ohio State at home than Penn State on the road at this point in the year? And I, I understand where you're coming from there, for sure. I mean, I, mean, I, I wasn't ready to jump off the Ohio State bandwagon, but, you know, I wasn't ready to strip them of the, of this Big Ten title that they were given before the season just because of the loss to Oregon because Oregon was really good. But I don't know how much you guys were able to watch of, of their game against uh, Tulsa? Tulsa. Tulsa. But it was, I mean, it was not impressive. It was closer than that final score would, would have right. you believe. So that was troubling. Yeah, I mean, this the C.J. Stroud experiment, I wonder how much longer they're going to sit with him or bring in maybe one of the, one of the other talented but but inexperienced guys behind him. And, and yeah, again, that, that defense is still a, a concern in my opinion, and it seems like they have a, a few injuries on that side of the ball as well. That's the biggest concern with Ohio State, the, the defense. They're, they're giving up a lot of points, a lot of chunk plays, and I, I'm really curious to see how, how that holds up in big-time play where some of these offenses are a little bit more explosive, especially against like a Penn State. So right now, I'm still giving Penn, Ohio State the benefit of the doubt. I still have them the high, as the highest-ranked Big Ten team in my ballot. It's close with Iowa, and Penn, I moved Penn State to my top 10 this week. I still think I need to see a little bit more from, from Ohio State, especially from them, if them struggling for me to move them down. Because, look, they're still the front runner in the East. I think there's still a very good chance they do that, but it's certainly not the runaway Buckeyes national team you know, championship contending team we've seen in the past. They're, they're clearly struggling. I wouldn't surprise me if they lose another another game or two this year. So it's going to be, I think the Big Ten East in a way is sort of open, you know, uh, right for the taking. Well, you had Ohio State ranked ahead of Penn State this week? Yeah, I I didn't I didn't move much in my top 10 because most, I mean, everyone won. The only movement I really had, Penn State, I moved Penn State into my top 10, two spots. Yeah, Ohio State's still seven. Iowa's still eight. Penn State's ten. Wow. All right. D- differed from his group at large, which you know did did move Penn State up. Now they're they're at six in the you know in the AP poll altogether. Ohio State dropped a spot at ten. Iowa's still the the top ranked team at at five, holding steady at five. Was Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State at eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. I'll say this is going to be a shakeup in my Big Ten power rankings. That's for sure. Some people got on me for having Ohio State at three, dropping them two spots. They thought they still should have been second. They're not going to be three. They're not going to be, I don't think they're going to be four, five. I mean, they're, they're, they're falling. They're falling. They're falling fast in my thing because, because Wait, I threw you had out, Ohio State three in your power rankings? I did. Wow. Okay. Behind Iowa and Penn State? Wow. Yes. You guys are really. Yeah. 
Wow, yes, because okay. I, I mean, from the body of work, the it makes season, sense. And it's like, what have you done? Exactly. Right. Now, you need some sort of reference point. You need something to ground you. Like, all right, well, you got to consider somebody good. Like, but I kind of go by out of conference stuff. And then, yeah, you know, again, road wins are huge. So Michigan State's now got two of those. Um, so, so that'll, that'll vault them in the rankings. Um, you know, Michigan has absolutely dominated, you know, we'll see, we'll see what they do this Saturday. I mean, I saw they're a pretty big favorite against Rutgers. Yes. 17, 18 points, something like that. 18, 19, depending on the book. Jeez. I, I find that they're Seems both big. <laughs> yeah. And you're telling that tells me that in what it was, Northern Illinois was 28, 29, 20, close to 28. So you're telling yeah. me Rutgers is only a nine point, nine points better than NIU. I don't know. When I first saw it, I thought it was a little high. It hasn't moved much. You know, keep in mind with with the books, Michigan is, tends to be a little overinflated because of the volume. You know, the, the Michigan fan base likes to bet on Michigan. The you know ticket numbers are always high for there, so I think books can get away with you know a little bit higher numbers than usual. But keep in mind, Michigan's not only three and zero in the season; they're three and zero against the spread this year, so they have covered every every spread uh, so far. So you know they've exceeded. The, uh, the odds makers projections of them, perhaps they do it again. I don't know. I think that number's a little high. Rutgers is 3-0. They're also 3-0 against the spread this year as well. So Something's take that towards give. Yes, yes, exactly. Well, we'll see. We'll have to make our picks. I don't know. How did you guys do in the Big Ten this week overall? I feel like I was like 500. That'll probably be enough to keep me in first for this week, but I'm, I'm losing ground. I don't know. I didn't check. I will say I did get Tulsa. I had Tulsa plus. I think it was only one of us that had Tulsa that, that plus twenty six and a half. I think it hurts when you're the only guy on the other side of a game and the wrong losing side, as Ryan Suk was with Indiana. But wasn't I the only one that had Nebraska covering though too? So I could be. Know. There you go. Yeah. You make yeah. you make up a game. There you yeah. go. All right. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can wrap up with whether there's anything else from the game, or if you want to preview a little bit what we're going to be looking for this week, we'll be talking to Jim Harbaugh and players on Monday, more players on Tuesday, coaches on Wednesday. So there'll be content throughout the week leading up to this Rutgers game. And our sister site, nj.com, will have the Scarlet Knights covered for you. But yeah, I guess what uh, what are other thoughts about this program at large or the team's performance uh, You know that, that listeners might want to know? You know, I still think they need to find like that definitive top receiver. You know, we all think it's going to be Cornelius Johnson. He had some looks and he had, he obviously had that nice, that long catch Saturday. I think they need more of that from him. I think, and I would not be surprised at the Saturday Rutgers game. They're going to try and get, get these, some of these receivers more involved, more Dylan Ball, but more Cornelius. They were trying to work Roman Wilson in there too. But yeah, they certainly got to get more of those guys involved to try and complement and uh, refine the, uh, the offensive, you know, firepower. I just continue to think Blake Corum is going to get better and better as the season goes on. And I think by the end of the year, he could be one of the best running backs, definitely in the big 10, big 10, but possibly in the country. I continue to be more impressed with, with this guy week after every week. So, I mean, I, it's, it's different seeing a running back be so explosive on, on Michigan's offense because it's been such a long time before they've had someone of, of his elusiveness and explosiveness back there. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how much UC continues to get and how much they'll rely on him moving forward. He is third nationally in yards per game, 135.67, averaging 8.48 yards per carry. He's third in the country, number one right now is Kenneth Walker, the third, yeah. third from Michigan State. Which, <laughs> it's crazy to think you got two of, the, two of the top three backs right now, at least nationally, residing in the Big Ten. A lot can change from now until then, but like, a Michigan, Michigan State matchup being a top 20 matchup potentially. Like, who would have thought that before the season? Like, 
it's crazy how things have, have played out even just early on so far this year in the big time. Just as a counter to, to Aaron's point about finding, you know, that, that top wide receiver. I mean, Michigan is doing some interesting things where they're like, you know, in the end of the day, how, how you get the yards doesn't really matter. And in some cases they're, you know, not throwing the ball downfield and instead getting the ball in the hands of their wide receivers through reverses end arounds, those little shovel passes, like just to pick up big plays. Exactly. Like I think Roman Wilson had a, had a decent one on Saturday and then, I'm seeing AJ Henning has one catch for 24 yards. Was that down the field? I don't really remember. No, that, that was the that, the shovel pass, right? Right. Yeah. So there you go. So yeah. yeah, I mean, those are other ways to kind of do it. But but I agree, stressing the defense. Not every defense will be you know as susceptible to to those kind of plays. Some some it's best to attack vertically. And uh, you know we we saw Eric All you know make a catch down the field you know on his on his one target of the of the afternoon. But yeah, I agree. I agree. It's something they need to continue to. To, to work on whether it's Baldwin or Johnson or, or whomever, but yeah, 63 to 10, not, not too much to, to complain about for Michigan. Yeah. If you have anything to complain about from Saturday, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, looking at the the snap counts from, from that game, it is incredible how many different guys got in the game and how many guys I've never heard of before, like walk-ons that you just would never didn't even know around the team. Like who's this guy? And he randomly played like six, seven snaps or whatnot. So they, they got plenty of guys in the game. That's for sure. Absolutely. Did Harbaugh drop a number? Usually he shares a number in the post-game press conference. How many guys, but 106, was it? 105, 105. I, I meant to actually count the box. Because usually they list the number, every player who gets in the game and maybe I'll do that tonight, but it was a long one. That's for sure. All right. Well, if you want to share your thoughts again, you can do it uh, over the phone. Leave us a, a voicemail message at 616-222-1022. That's 616-222-1022. Yeah, we'll respond on, on this podcast. Continue to look for coverage on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Please rate and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. That would, that would benefit us. We'd appreciate it. Thank you for listening.